Welcome to the Radically Christian Bible Study Podcast. I'm Travis Pauley, and here we have one goal, learn to love like Jesus. This episode is the fourth part of a series of discussions on kingdom parables. I hope you enjoy this study. All right, Wes, we're back. Good to be back. Welcome back. I'm enjoying these conversations about kingdom parables. Likewise, and we're going to get through hopefully two more. We didn't get through two last week, really. I know. We we kind of shortchanged the leaven, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, but today we will get through two. Yes, that's the plan. We at least read both of them. That's right. And then, you know, kind of threw it in there, but yeah. Well, like the ones today, they went together. Yeah, they're definitely a set. Yeah. A set. Yeah. So so just to kind of recap what we've said about the kingdom is that when we talk about the kingdom, that it's the kingdom of heaven is not a place to which Jesus is taking his people. It's a reality that Jesus is bringing to his people. Um, and again, to, to kind of play off of what we talked about last week, the kingdom of, of heaven is something that is planted or hidden within, within the reality that exists now. It's this new reality, this new rule and reign of God that's being planted or hidden within the the realm and the era in which we live. And that's what's so surprising about the kingdom is that the expectation prior to Jesus' ministry was that the, the era of sin and death would come to an end mm. and that the era of God's reign, of God's eternal reign, would begin and that, that there would be this this end point the way most of the time kingdoms are is that when one kingdom falls or when one kingdom begins another one falls that there might be a, a period of conflict uh, but that that essentially one ends and the other one begins and you have this this point in time where this is the this was the era of this king and then began the era of this other king or this is the era of this kingdom and then there was the era of this kingdom but Jesus is teaching that that's not the way the kingdom of heaven is going to be planted that the kingdom of heaven is going to be planted as something tiny mm. and is going to be planted right within the era and the the reign of of sin and death and that it's going to expand and it's going to grow exponentially uh larger than than what you know it would have uh, what you would have assumed based right. on what it looked like when it began and so we spent a lot of time last week talking about that um, but I love these two parables. These might be my favorites within Matthew 13. So Matthew 13, verse 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And so obviously these two parables go hand in hand and work really well together to to illustrate something else about the kingdom and that is the the finding of it and the value of it. So the kingdom of heaven is is not a place to which we're waiting to go. It is something we're supposed to be finding. Yeah. And, and that's what Jesus is revealing that you're supposed to be finding the kingdom of heaven. And if you'll just if you'll just open your eyes and you'll just look that you can find the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And and we would do well I think now. In fact, I I I've been kind of thinking about this the last day or two about you know, even that idea of, is the kingdom of heaven something that we can say, I found? Mm. Or is the kingdom of heaven something that I could 
more accurately say that I am finding? Like, right. is it is it a it, something that is punctiliar, to use a big word? Is it something that that is a one-time action, like I found the kingdom of heaven, or is it something that I'm in the process of finding? Mm-hmm. And and I think there might be a little bit of both to that. Um, but but I think that that we we have to put on this mentality that I'm I'm finding the kingdom of heaven in that I'm I'm learning to embrace this new reality and and there's a lot of it that it's a lifetime pursuit yeah. to 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 find the kingdom of heaven but another aspect of it is the value of it and he says it's so valuable that it's like a guy that finds a treasure in a field. Often we get bogged down in the details and we would be like, well, how is that ethical? He found a, uh, a treasure <laughs> and then he, he hid it and then he went and he bought it. Um, the like, Apparently the, the common way of thinking at the time was that if he went, let's say the field belongs to Travis and and I, so I, I'm walking across Travis's field and I find this treasure and then I go to Travis and say, hey, Travis, I want to buy your field. If Travis gives me a price that includes the treasure, and he's like, oh, well, that field's worth $10 million. And then I'm like, oh, he knows about the treasure. It must be his because, you know, that's your bank account. Essentially, you've hidden it there on purpose. And so if you're going to sell me the field with the treasure, then obviously the treasure belongs to you and you're going to include that in the price. Right. But if you say, oh, well, that that field's only worth about, you know, whatever, and you give me a a, a price that doesn't include the treasure, then I'm like, oh, he doesn't know about the treasure. You know, then it it doesn't belong to him. Somebody else hid it there and it's not his anyway. Uh, And so that was, apparently the way of thinking. But mm. again, we don't want to get bogged down in those details. I think that so often with the parables, we can get bogged down <laughs> in the details. And and when we look at the overlap between the story of the par- or the story of the treasure and the story of the pearl, the same reality is there in both cases that that Jesus says that the person who finds it sells everything that they have in order to purchase that and have it. And out of joy, it's not like they're like, ah, oh, man, got to sell everything. That was that was more expensive than I thought it was going to be. Like, right. no, they're like, that's no contest. No, no, uh, no competition here. I, of course, I would sell all of this because this is worth far more. So if I have, if I have an estate that's worth $10,000 and I sell my $10,000 estate to buy a $10 million pearl or a $10 million treasure. It's like, well, that's no contest. Of course, I'm going to sell 10,000 and trade 10,000 for 10 million. It's no, no contest. But one of the questions with finding the, the treasure or finding the pearl or finding the kingdom is are you willing to do that? Mm-hmm. Do you recognize the value of it? Are you willing to sell everything that you have in order to buy the kingdom? And and so a few like other stories come to my mind as I think about this. I think about the rich young ruler, and I think about this guy that comes to Jesus and says, hey, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, you know, you know, do the commandments, follow the commandments. And he's like, ah, good, I've done all that. Anything else? And Jesus is like, yeah, actually, sell everything that you have and come and follow me. And he doesn't. And he goes away sad. And it says he goes away sad because he had much, because he was very rich. Mm. Uh, And he was unwilling to part with what he he had. And and it, it illustrates exactly what I think Jesus is saying here, is that if you don't have eyes to see, then you look at what you have and you say, this is a lot. This is really valuable. There's no way I would trade what I have for the kingdom. But you know, over and over again, Jesus says in very plain language, not just in these parables, but like in Luke 14, Jesus says, unless you despise your own life, 
Yeah. And this is what he means by taking up your cross. When when Jesus says take up your cross, we like make metaphors out of that and we're like, well, that means do hard things. No, it doesn't mean do hard things. <laughs> no more they they would have thought of a cross not as doing something hard, but as dying. Like this is yeah. like saying take up your electric chair, take up your lethal injection needle. Like I mean, a cross was an instrument of execution. Take up your, we have a, a member here and he always likes to talk when he teaches and he doesn't use the word cross, he uses execution or stake, you know? And mm-hmm. so he likes to talk about it in term because that's what it, that's how they would have thought of it right. and perceived. Now it's a, a piece of jewelry or, or maybe something heavy that you carry. When Jesus says, take up your cross, he's saying, be willing to die because chances are you're gonna, you know, yeah. chances are you are going to die for following me. Well, I think, you know, one thing is we're talking about, like, we're talking about value. We're talking about, you know, the guy sells the field, the guy, you know, finds the pearl and, you know, sold all that he had so he can buy this thing. I think one of the things it makes me think of is like, like breaking it down to numbers. Yeah. Like, I I think as somebody who hates math, I still appreciate the idea that numbers are extremely powerful. Like it's, it's sort of an abstract concept that we have that helps us order things around us. Mm, yeah. And one of the things it helps us do is place a value on things. And yeah. I think, you know, again, not saying that you have to create a point system for your, for your life values. Although it, I don't know, I'm, I'm now thinking that might not be a bad idea. <laughs> like, because in terms of, you know, like you said, taking up your cross, I think one of the applications I know in my own life is like, if I get too wrapped up in what Travis wants to do with himself, what Travis wants to do with his life, then that can quickly become like uh, that. There's this pull between my faith and what Travis wants to do. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think that's sort of the struggle we all face. But it's like there are moments where I feel it and just within myself come to a head, and it's like, well, wait a minute, are you doing this for this life, or are you doing it for the next? Yeah, you know, and 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 I think a lot of that is the value that you place on. How important is it? How mm. important is the kingdom to you? Yeah. And how important is you being a part of that kingdom? Like, I, I think a lot of times we, you know, um, it, the, the, we have a temptation in the church, and it's obviously a part of our a, a part of our teaching and our heritage as as, as Christians and as followers of, of God that there is punishment for there. There's there's a negative side to you know not following Jesus. There's a negative mm. side to not committing. And sacrificing whatever you need to sacrifice. And again, yeah. I think in, in a lot of ways, only you can know that. Yeah. Like only you and God can really know what you, what you're going to need to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's selling everything you have. Yeah. Maybe you're called to do something different. But, you know, uh, there's the negative side of that. But there's also the positive side of like, think about what you're missing out on. Not just what you get, what yeah. the pu- you know, whatever punishment you get if you, if you don't become a citizen of the kingdom and, yeah. and devote yourself to that. But think about what you're missing out on. You're yeah. you're trading, you know, you're trading not dying on the cross, as horrible as that might be, you know. But you're trading not doing that for, for what? Yeah. You know what? What do you you know? Because the the victory that Jesus gained and the victory He promises us that we get to share in is 
is way greater than I know I'm capable of, atta- of, of anything I'm capable of attaining and certainly hanging on to in this life. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm processing everything that you're saying. And, and again, I want to go back to that tension idea because, and I think that that might help us with that tension because, you know, we tend to, you use the phrase, you know, this life and the next, mm. you know, and, and am I willing to sacrifice things for, in this life for the next? And I think that's one of the surprising paradoxes about this kingdom message is that the next life has already begun. Like yeah, as, the soon, as soon as we yeah. came up out of the water of baptism, like we entered into the the next life. Right. And and it's that that are you willing to live right now? Because I was thinking like, how would we put this? Like what if you ask somebody, you know, if Jesus came today, what would you be doing? Or with this thing right. that you're doing right now, would it still be important to you if Jesus came today or if you knew Jesus was com- coming today? Well, you know, a lot of the things we do, we would say, wow, you know, that probably wouldn't be important or that wouldn't be important or, you know, I wouldn't care so much about this if, if I knew today was the day. Well, that's kind of the thing with these parables that Jesus is saying is that it's not just about when he comes the second time, it's that he's already come the first time. It's that right. he's already planted the kingdom and you've already, you're already finding it. And like, you've right. already found it. And like, what would you do if you knew it's already begun? Like it's already begun. And you would yeah. say all of those things that I would say, well, that's not really important on the day Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. What if that, that day has already come in a sense, in a sense. Now, that's not to say there's not a second coming, because there is. And we are living with that paradox of already right. and not yet. And so, but, but, but that's the thing is like, are you willing to live today with the same value system that right. you would have on the last day? Because these are the last days. And that's what, when Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, he's like, these are the last days. Like This is them. Like, this is the final period, not just the final period, but we've, we've already entered into the Messiah's reign. Mm. And so how would you live today? And I, I think you're exactly right. It's, it's that living today... And, and thinking not only to the future, but also thinking about the present as if the future has already become a reality. And I know that's kind of a mind bender, but that's exactly what Jesus is laying out for us, is that the, the, the age of the Messiah's reign, the, the age of God's rule and reign is now. And we've found it and discovered it and we're like, oh, whoa, like, that it's it's right there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to sell everything I have because you would say that on the last day. Like if you knew that today was the last day, like you would be like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, what good is a house? Jesus is here. So I'm going to sell my house and, you know, be part of this thing. You know, this right. thing is, this is the future. This is reality. Like I'm going to get rid of, who cares about all that stuff? All that stuff I thought was important. It's not important anymore. And Jesus says, the kingdom is now. The kingdom is at hand. Right. And like, how would you live in that reality now. And that's what the rich young ruler is being presented with is, mm-hmm. here's the Messiah. Like you've been anticipating the Messiah coming. Here I am. Sell everything you have. Follow me. And he's like, mm, no, I don't think so. I want to hold on to this. And that's that's the thing is that we want to hang on to. And I, you illustrated that so well. Like what does Travis want to do? You know, what yeah. do I want to do? And that's the thing is that we, we constantly have our old life mm-hmm. and our life to come. And Jesus invites us to put on the life to come right now. And that's what we're embracing when we're baptized is to say, okay, I'm going to live right now as if the kingdom has already begun because 
it has, you know, and, and that's, the, you know, that's the thing is like, what's, what's that worth, you know, and am I willing to sacrifice now for the reality that isn't evident yet, but is already just as much a reality. And that's what, you know, I think about like, um, uh, we, we mentioned this last week, Acts chapter four, Acts chapter two, the, the beginning of the church in Jerusalem, and you have these people doing crazy stuff. And in fact, we've we've sort of misinterpreted what they did for a lot of years. And we're like, well, that was just, you know, that was just the first days. You know, there was a lot of people in Jerusalem, so they sold their stuff. And, you know, they had all things in common. You know, it was just kind of a, you know, just radical, you know, few days or few weeks or maybe a couple years. But that's not sustainable. We're not, nobody's going to live like that. It's like, well, wait, like, stop. Like, we, we've sort of interpreted the book of Acts like, hey, this is what it looks like to be the church. Right. Like, why are we so quick to throw that out? And it's not to say that they didn't own anything. It right. says that those who owned stuff were willing, if necessary, to let go of it so that there was no needy person among them, mm-hmm. so that they, so that everybody's needs were taken care of. And, you know, honestly, for the most part, that's exactly what I've experienced in the church is that people are willing to do exactly that, you know? Uh, maybe not to that degree, you know, sure. maybe, you know, nobody's been challenged with, okay, well, what about that boat? Or what about that yeah. extra car? Or what about that extra land? Like, and, and our tendency is, well, I'm holding on to that. You know, I'm holding on to that. And it's like, for what? Yeah. Well, you know, for later. And it's like, well, what if this is later? Like, what if this is later? Like, that's the whole idea with the kingdom is what if right now is later? <laughs> what yeah. if, what if right now is the kingdom of heaven. Like, what if right now we're living in that? How would you live if you knew these are the days to come? <laughs> we're living yeah. in the days to come, and the days to come are actually overlapping with the days that are. The days yeah. that are and the days that are coming are overlapping with one another. And we're living in this time where you're, I mean, I love what you said. You know, you're, we're constantly asking those questions like, you know, here's what I want to do, but here's what I think I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And am I willing to sacrifice what I want to do for what I'm supposed to do? You know, am I willing to give these things up? And I think that we would, and that's, you know, going back to how we started this, like that's what it means to be in the process of finding it. Like we're finding the kingdom and we're realizing over time, our eyes are being opened, the scales are falling off. We're realizing, wow, this is a whole lot more valuable. And it's like you said, it's not just about being punished because we didn't make the sacrifices necessary. It's what are you missing out on? Mm -hmm. And and the, the rich young ruler missed out on his opportunity to follow the Messiah. And, and we're missing out on our opportunity to be part of the kingdom now. Yeah. And you're like, well, that might cost a lot to like share stuff so that there's not, so we eliminate poverty within the church. You know, that that's expensive. And it's like, yeah, but think about what you're participating in. Think about what you're being a part of. And, and you're going to miss out on that if instead you're like, well, no, I'm just going to take care of me and I'll let you take care of you. And and I, you know, I'll, I'll worry about that when I'm close to death. Like I'll worry about those when those days come. And it's like, well, what if those days are here right now? Yeah, I think it's, man, as you're saying that, I thought of like the, I, I think the world in so many different ways tries to push us, even as, well, maybe especially as Christians, but I think just in general, the world pushes us to be these one dimensional people. Mm-hmm. When, I mean, I think what we've been talking about with, you know, these parables these last few episodes and what we keep coming back to is 
there's that that overlap mm-hmm. of the yes the kingdom's here and it's coming mm-hmm. you know it's like that yes. okay that 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 alone should tell me okay maybe i'm more complex than mm. a i give myself credit for and b everything every other force around me really wants me to be yeah because you know, I mean, you, I mean, it doesn't take long to look around us and see how people want us to be one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. If you support this person, you're this thing. Yeah. If you believe this, well, then I know you believe this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we, there's no, uh, there's not a lot of allowance for complexity. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes the world can talk a big game about that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it everything funnels. Yeah. Whereas Jesus sort of presents this a problem to us mm-hmm. to sort of live with until the second coming that mm-hmm. kingdom's here. And then, you know, we're getting these pair the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one of great value, he sells everything he had. Like he he's it, like that. I think we hear that. We hear the story of the rich young ruler and we go, Oh, that's risky. And, and, and it's, I think what I feel that pull in myself mm-hmm. again, whether it's selling everything you have or whatever, again, whatever your cross is going to be to bear that you're going to have to make sacrifices. And because this is a thing of great value and you don't get things of great value for free, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is sacrifice. And, and I think I, when I feel that pull in myself that, that, Oh, that's risky. I think that's, I haven't, I, I haven't seen enough kingdom moments yet. Mm-hmm. I need, I need to keep, I need to keep reminding myself of what I'm looking toward mm-hmm. and, and, and I need to see it around mm-hmm. me. I need mm-hmm. to see, I need to, I need to go out and look for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you brought that up, you know, towards earlier that, you know, are we, are we, do we find the kingdom or are mm-hmm. we finding the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, yeah, I think that's, you know, maybe that's our pastime, you know, maybe that's our pastime as we, as we wait is, make sure we're always looking and, mm-hmm. and finding those kingdom moments mm-hmm. because so that we know in our heads, we have, it, you know, s- securely there, uh, that, that yes, this, this is, this is way too great a value for me mm-hmm. to be nervous about it mm-hmm. for me to feel like I'm missing out on something. Yeah. Um, man, what that, that's going to be, that's going to be quite the pursuit. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I, I love that way. And, and, and pursuit, you know, that reminds me of what Jesus says, you know, it's, it's seeking the kingdom mm-hmm. in Matthew chapter six, he says, you know, to seek the kingdom. And and that's what we've got to do is we've yeah. got to be seeking, seeking the kingdom, pursuing the kingdom, finding the kingdom. And yes, you know, it's something that I found when I became a Christian to some degree, but it's something I'm still in the process of finding. And I love what you said about complexity versus simplicity. And I think that that's exactly what the world does is the world oversimplifies things. And and the world, you know, whether it's the world's cynicism that says, hey, listen, everything's broken, you know, and the best we can do is just get through it, you know, and just, you know, get as much as you can while you're alive, just enjoy yourself while you're alive. And then eventually you're going to die. And, you know, it's just going to be broken and it's really not going to get any better. And then it's just, you you live and then you die and that's all there is to it. And, you know, there's that cynicism um, that, that I think, you know, you go back to Ecclesiastes, I think that, you know, Solomon wrestled with, with that, that, you know, vanity of vanities, it's all vanity, you know, and so there's that cynicism, but then there's this like over optimism of the world that says, well, if we just had all of the right programs, if right. we just had the right people in government, if we just had the right policies, if we just had the right politicians, you know, then we could bring utopia. And I think that 
that the gospel, it undermines and challenges and opposes both of those ideas that Mm. says, no, there is a current utopia (laughs) as best as it can be in the present reality. There is a current kingdom of heaven that's spreading and then we're finding and we're discovering and we're seeing those little glimpses of it. It's almost like there's a song being sung and you can kind of hear it being sung and, and, and just every moment, I love what you said, these little kingdom moments where you're like, oh, oh, that, that's it. That's it. You yeah. see this this beauty, especially in a kid and a, and a child that gives and sacrifices and loves. And you think that's it. That's that kingdom moment. That's what Jesus was talking about. You know, and you, you see it and you're like, that's beautiful and precious. And then all of a sudden the wind comes and you can't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so there there are those moments and there is this reality that is the kingdom present reality. But it, we, we've somehow lost that and tried to use the kingdoms of the world and the policies of the world and the politicians of the world in order to partner with them to bring the kingdom. It's like, no, right. no, 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 that's not going to work yeah. either. And, and it's not going to be something yeah. that we're going to bring by our own, especially not by our own efforts, but not it, definitely not by partnering with the kingdoms of the world. And, and then I think back to, you know, we talked about, uh, the Tower of Babel, and I think that's that's the st- sort of human efforts to to build a tower to heaven, and it's like that's not going to work, and and that's that's ultimately futile. And then you say, oh yeah, you're back to cynicism. It's all futile. It's all vanity. And it's like, nope, that's not true either, because the kingdom has been planted and and is being planted and is being discovered, and and there will come a day. There will come a day when there will be a utopia, where there will be the true utopia, that there, there's something in our hearts. And I think we can recognize that. We can recognize that in the people in the world that are like, they're looking for a utopia. And it's like, right. you're right to be looking for a utopia. And the only utopia you're going to find is in Jesus. The only c- city of God is in the kingdom, and that Jesus is the one that will make that reality fully known. So if you want utopia, it's not about finding the right politician. It's not about finding the right policy. It's not about, you know, finding the right whatever structure. It's about partnering with Jesus, and then you will experience that utopia. And, and But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, okay, well, then the, the policies and the and the politicians and the structures and the social systems, those don't those things don't matter. It's like, well, that's not true either, right. because our job is to be salt and light within this current reality. So it is, it's far more complex than either the right or the left or whatever political ideology or culture or whatever would suggest. They're getting little glimpses and they're trying to oversimplify it. And Jesus brings this complex reality that says already and not yet. And it's beautiful, but there's still a lot of ugliness in the world. And and, and it's here, but it's coming. And, and it, it is, it's, it's beautiful and it's complex. Yeah, and I think, I, I'm, I'm, you know, almost seeing it like a parent. I mean, the, the parenting of God that, you know, he's, Jesus comes down and he's talking about his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he's, you know, he's he makes... There's no two ways about it. He's he's claiming kingship. He's yeah. he's claiming the authority, and there's obviously a group of people as disciples, you know, being the most fervent of of, of those that that are really excited about that. that. This is what we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. You are the Messiah we've been looking for, and we're going to follow you. And there's you know there's over and over again he has to remind them, and you know I, it, it's always interesting to me how he does that because I I have to think it probably came up a lot more than is listed in scripture you know mm-hmm. obviously john tells us 
you know, we couldn't tell you everything. <laughs> I'm thinking that one probably came up a lot, right? The what kind of kingdom is it going to be? Yeah. Because, but I'm almost thinking like that you see the parenting of God where he's like, he's then and now, even now mm-hmm. telling us like, no, you don't want that. Yeah. Didn't we have an entire Old Testament of what it's like when God rules you like you want him to rule you? Like yeah. when you, when he rules you like the king you think you want. Mm-hmm. And instead, or when you supplant oh, yeah. God's rulership yeah. with. Because that's what he says to. Right. I mean, that's a great point. Because he, when they 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 say we want a king, yeah. God tells Samuel. He says they haven't rejected you, Samuel, as their ruler. Yeah, they've rejected me because yeah. I was their king, but they didn't want that. They right. wanted a human king. And you're exactly right. I mean, you have the you have this entire story of yeah. this is what happens when God's people are ruled by themselves, when when every man does what's right in his own eyes, or when you put a king up there who is the embodiment right. of your own desires and doing what's right in your own eyes, and then you have a, a ruler who's doing what's right in his own eyes, yeah. and the people suffer the consequences. Well, I think as we're talking about that, it's like we're talking about a kingdom moment. I think just realizing that, that it's like, I don't know that I... I'm, I, I I, I know that I don't fully understand what kind of kingdom Jesus is intending. Mm-hmm. I don't understand necessarily what kind of kingdom we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And that's really exciting because <laughs> it's like, well, I think, you know, I think that's, I think there's, there's a, there's a benefit to obviously being read in scripture of knowing history that mm-hmm. it's like, you you can see like, we've made a lot of progress in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Like there's a lot to appreciate. And there, I think there's plenty of things to look at, plenty of kingdom moments to look at, you know, for all the cynicism, for all the pessimism about, you know, our world and the, and the, the cycles we get into. And the, mm-hmm. there's also a lot of things to be really excited about and to go, man, I'm so thankful Jesus didn't, you know, that that wasn't the plan, that, that, that it wasn't just be a king, be, you know, like, you know, like everybody wanted, like mm-hmm. I would have wanted if mm-hmm. I was there at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and instead it's something vastly more complex and that, Again, I think every time we we get a glimpse of it, we we see those kingdom moments as we go out and find them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that, that's exciting. That's it's 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 it gives you something to look forward to, mm-hmm. and and I and I think that's what's so helpful about these conversations for me is like is not we're not trying to get a full picture. The full picture will mm-hmm. get there. We you know mm-hmm. just wait around for that, but mm-hmm. get as many pieces of it as we can mm-hmm. so that you have something to look forward to. Yeah. And it and it, it it is exciting and beautiful and and I think when we when we get it, that's when we have these moments like he's describing here with the treasure and with the pearl, is that we say, you know what, I'd give up everything for that. Mm. I'd give up America for that. I'd give up my house for that. I'd give up my car for that. I'd give up yeah. my 401k for that. I'd give up anything for that. And Jesus says, okay, let's get busy. You know, I mean, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. You know, and when you see those moments, jump on them, grab mm-hmm. hold of them with both hands and do it. And, and we see that. And you're exactly right. We've seen that throughout history. We've seen Christian people that see a need and they say, I can step in here and I can be filled with the spirit and I can help and bless mm-hmm. and love and minister and, and do these good things. But it's going to it's going to cost a lot and it's going to be scary and I might die doing it. And Jesus says, let's get busy. This is. This is the kingdom reality that exists mm-hmm. right now, and we have these we have these opportunities, and and they do they 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 they'll pass us by if we're not careful, and we'll be like the rich young ruler, and we'll say, ah, eh, 
you know, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. Uh, rather than, you know, seeing those opportunities. And you're, you're right. You said earlier, you know, different people have different moments like that where we're, we're, we're called, you know, where we're, we have these opportunities to, to step into this reality, to let, and that's part of it is that stepping into the reality of the kingdom also means letting go of the things of the world. And that's, that's when we know we get it. That's when we know we see it is when we have an open hand that says, yeah, I'd be willing to die for that. Mm. I'd be willing to give up my retirement for that. I'd be willing to give up my house for that. I'd be willing to give up my citizenship in this country for that. I'd be willing to give up anything for that because that that's what it's all about. And when we when we have that moment where we say, I'd be willing to sacrifice everything for that, it's that's when our eyes are really, really open to it. Not not just open to it. It's when we step into it and we say, Okay, let's get busy. Let's do that. Let's let's roll up our sleeves because it would be a joy to do that. And we've seen so many. I, I knew a couple that they saw an opportunity like that in Africa, and they literally sold everything that they had uh, to to minister to to orphaned children in in Africa. And it's like that's it. You know, it's those kind of moments that we say where we're, we're, our our faith is tested. Where we say. You know what's more important to you, this or that? You know which do you want to hold on to? The life that, the life to come that is a current reality, or the life that is? You know, and and it's going to be one of those things that the world looks at us and says that is dumb. Why would you do that? And there's going to be a part of us, our Paul calls it our flesh, and our flesh is going to say no, 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 no. You got to hold on to that. You got to hold on to that. That's too important. That's too valuable. And and the spirit is calling us to say no, no, no. Look what is and what will be and what is coming to pass and what is coming to be right here, right under your nose. Open your eyes and look at this new reality. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, And if it doesn't scare us, we're probably not looking at it right. I really hope you enjoyed this Bible study, and I hope you'll subscribe to hear future episodes of the podcast. A big thank you to Travis Pauly, as well as our McDermott Road Church family, for helping to make this podcast possible. And a special thanks to all of you for listening. We love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day.